It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, local experts on the biggest stories. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network. Sam and Sage back with you on a Friday, talking Vikings, talking NFL Combine. And it's the month of March, which means that all this stuff's going to really start heating up now. And I think yesterday, Mike Zimmer sort of stoked the fire. He, he talked to several different outlets. He, he talked to KFAN Radio. He talked to local reporters, talked to national reporters, kind of made the media circuit yesterday. And he said a lot of pretty transparent things about the Vikings quarterback situation. Namely, he talked about Sam Bradford and he said his knee is degenerative, quote unquote. He talked about Bridgewater and said that the, the two-year layoff is a little bit concerning. He said about Keenum, well, is he the guy that he was with the Rams or is he the guy he was with us? And it sounds like Zimmer's sort of trying to work through this just like the fans are, just like we are. He's asking himself the same questions we are asking it almost came across like they really don't know what they are going to do yet. Well, I think there's a couple of things going on here. And if you look at all these NFL teams, whether it's the, uh, you know, the New York Giants or the, the, you know, the Bears or the 49ers, everyone's putting a lot of information out there and, and nobody knows what's, you know, honest, what's, uh, you know, what's actually true. Uh, and, and uh, you know, what is sort of just a smoke screen to, you know, make people think different things. And so, you know, his spot right now, in, in some ways, you'd think would be to try to cheapen the value of those three players in the mm-hmm. sense of, you know, bring up questions. You know, we don't know if Case Keenum is the guy from 2017 or if he's the guy from, uh, you know, 2013 or 14 or something like that. Uh, sort, of, sort of put some doubt there. You know, Sam Bradford Z, let's put some doubt out there. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, we don't know how he is. He basically hasn't played in two years. Let's put some doubt out there. So um, I think that's you know probably part of their game plan is uh, you know to, to, rather than hyping these guys up so much, which then other teams might come in and and pay more money, maybe we can lower the value by just a little bit by just sort of throwing out different questions about each of the quarterbacks that they have. You know, knowing that they're probably not going to, I cannot imagine them drafting one of these top four guys uh, just because they're not they're in a it's time to win right now situation, and usually rookies don't win right now. But uh, you know, we shall we shall see what happens. A lot of smoke screens going on with every NFL team right now. Yeah, when you put it that way, it actually makes a ton of sense because I was just kind of I was just saying a minute ago that it really is so atypical of Mike Zimmer to be as transparent as he was yesterday, which might mean that he's got an ulterior motive here. He's trying to maybe throw teams off the scent and, and just plant little seeds of doubt. And he did that successfully, I think, with with all of the quarterback candidate. Now, the one name that didn't come up directly was Kirk Cousins. But Mike Zimmer did say that he doesn't want to sacrifice the team's strength, which is defense, which might be sort of telling. And that's the theory that I had from the beginning. You don't want to sacrifice defense. But the name Cousins didn't come up. And again, you can't do much with Cousins until that March 14th deadline when he officially becomes a free agent, I think we talked about this last week. You know, the you know his agent, uh, Kirk Cousins' agent, is actually my 
part of my old agency uh, in Chicago, and you know when they're you know, they might, I'm sure the, the Vikings, I, th I believe they represent three or four guys out of that agency. So, you know, very easily Rick Spielman, uh, you know, can be talking to, to his agent about another player uh, over dinner or whatever. And then, you know, somehow, you know, Kirk Cousins' name comes into the fold. That's, that's sort of generally how it works uh, with the sort of tampering uh, that goes on. And uh, my, my guess is that the Vikings have had conversations uh, you know, with uh, uh, you know, with Kirk Cousins' agent, and everyone's trying to fill each other out and see what that money is. I, I think for for Kirk Cousins of the teams that are available uh, that are going to give big money to me, the Vikings make the absolute most sense. They've got good weapons on offense. They've got one of the best defenses in the league. They're ready to win now. He's made fifty million the last couple of years. He's going to make. You know, probably 50 to 75 guaranteed in, in this deal. Uh, I don't think going for every last dollar would be worth it to go to a team, you know, say like Cleveland or, or you know, a, a poor football team. Uh, you know, there's nothing better than winning. And uh, I mm -hmm. could see Kirk Cousins doing very well as a Minnesota Vikings quarterback. Yeah, and I do get the instinct that the Vikings are, are going after him hard. The second that they decided not to franchise Keenum after they previously were thought to be franchising him. I think that was sort of the clue into me that the Vikings want Cousins. Now, the way this could backfire is if they don't get Cousins. Let's say he goes to the Broncos or Jets or, or whoever, and then you're left with these three in-house candidates, and now Zimmer has just planted those seeds of doubt with his own fan base. Let's say that, you know, Teddy ends up being the guy. You've kind of planted those those seeds of, well, we're concerned about the layoff. They'll have to sell hope again on Teddy. I think the Teddy situation is everywhere. He's a mystery to everybody. And I, so I don't think uh, Zimmer's saying anything that the fans don't already know. I mean, nobody really knows. You're very hopeful. Uh, and I think everybody hopes, just as even if you're not a Vikings fan, that Teddy Bridgewater uh, regrow his career and become a, an NFL starter like he was his first couple seasons. And so uh, I, I think, but there, there's, there's doubt either way. And I think if somehow Teddy Bridgewater is a starting quarterback going to week one next year, uh, it'll be sort of a, a, a wait-and-see week-to-week to see how his knee holds up, to see how he plays, uh, to see how he throws, and, and see how, you know where he is compared to where he, what he was a couple of years ago. Yeah. Okay, here's a contract question about the quarterbacks right now. So, so Drew Brees is going to be signing a new deal with New Orleans. There's talk that Aaron Rodgers is going to sign an extension with Green Bay, and obviously Kirk Cousins is going to get a massive deal too. So is it sort of a race to be last to sign amongst those quarterbacks because you want to, you want the previous quarterback to sign and set the precedent, and is that going to jack up the price for everybody? Like if Breeze signs first, then Rodgers can negotiate. Rodgers has the benefit of waiting, I think, because he's still under contract. But like with Cousins, if he signs after Breeze, then that becomes a leveraging piece, don't you? Don't you think? Yes. I, I do, and and I think that I read an article yesterday. I believe the uh, the Packers would like to. Rogers has, I believe, two years left on his contract, but they like to sign him an extension. You obviously got to believe he's got you know between five and eight pretty good years left in him if he chooses to play that long. Uh, but uh, I was reading that the Packers were trying to sign Rodgers to an extension uh, before Cousins' contract and before Breeze's contract because. Yeah. You know, if Bree signs a $30 million deal, 
you know, one year for thirty million or, or two years for sixty million or something like that. I mean, what's Aaron Rodgers worth? Is he worth thirty-five million uh, at that point? So my guess uh, is that the Packers would love to get Rodgers for a thirty million or under number. I mean, Matt Stafford was twenty-seven million. I believe he was the highest, and, and uh, Garoppolo was right around twenty-seven million also. Uh, so my guess is that you know Rodgers might be around that thirty mark. But if somebody signs for thirty before him, well, he's better. Uh, he's automatically going to be better, which means he, he needs to be paid more. So that number would go up. So my guess is the Packers will try to get his done uh, as soon as possible. But if you're Rodgers, you just don't you just wait for another month because you know Breeze is going to come down the chute, you know, within two weeks. And same with Cousins, don't you just wait till like late March and then and then sign? Because don't you want to see what the other guys made? Yeah, you know, probably if those, you know, a couple million dollars, uh, you know, really mean something to him. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's sort of. You know, do you want to have the horses in the barn, or do you want us to sort of see what goes on? And and you never know, maybe some of those horses get out of the uh, out of the fences or whatever. <laughs> so uh, I, I guess we'll just have to see and wait. It plays out. He's got two more years left on his contract. My guess is that he and the Packers don't want to get into some uh, battle a year from now, going to the last year of his contract, and it ends up being a you know a disaster. Next thing you know, Aaron Rodgers is playing for somebody else. Hi, this is David Locke, the CEO of the Locked On Podcast Network. In this crazy, unprecedented, and unnerving time, I know we're all living our lives a little differently. I thought we had some of our sponsors over the time that might be able to help you out. So we've reached out to them to get you specific offers. Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for their first seven days. Start your free deliveries, download the Postmates app, and use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. Anxiety, stress, need something to calm yourself down? The Calm app is available for you, 40% off to our listeners at calm.com slash locked on NBA. Stuck at home, want fitness? Echelon Fit has been a sponsor of ours, and you can go to echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A. And if you're looking to add some new knowledge and get a little smarter in your free time, Masterclass, or at least your time at home, masterclass.com slash P-E-R is offering 15% off. If you missed any of those, go to lockdownpodcast.com slash offers. That's lockdownpodcast.com slash offers. Thank you very much for tuning in to Lockdown Podcast Network. We hope to be here for you to give you a relief and a respite from all the other news. And thanks very much. Be safe and practice your social distancing. Yesterday, Mike Zimmer fired some warning shots toward Laquan Treadwell. He said things like Laquan has to get out of his own way. Laquan is is his own worst enemy. For instance, he gave a concrete example of of Laquan going out during two a days at training camp and running steps at 11 p.m. at night, like overworking. He's in his own head. He's trying too hard. And then he eventually said, I believe it was to the radio station. Zimmer said that he either has to figure it out or he needs a change of scenery. That is pretty harsh to say about a, a 30 year wide receiver. What do you think the status is on Treadwell, and do you think that the Vikings may part ways with Laquan Treadwell if he doesn't show improvement? Yeah, this might be it for him this year. You know, the the Vikings have, for the most part, uh, hit on their first round draft picks over the last few years. First, second rounders, third rounders—they've done a you know pretty good job. And you always have misses, and as of right now, you know Laquan is a, a huge miss. And not only is a miss, but he's a miss at a position where they really, really badly needed a top-flight wide receiver. Uh, and, uh, you know, Harrison Smith, first-rounder, is a great hit. Obviously, I, I think, you know, Teddy, I'd consider him a, a hit, even though now that he's injured. You've had a lot of guys that have been, uh, you know, they, they haven't had a lot of misses recently, and he's been a big one. And, you know, you sort of, you, you know that you've made a mistake. 
really almost first OTA, you go, gosh, he's just not getting separation. Gosh, he's really, really struggling to learn the playbook. Uh, then over time, you get to training camp and you have more concerns. And, you know, now we're, you know, basically our third year into this thing and nothing's really changed. And, uh, you know, it, and, and unless you play a lot of special teams and do a lot of other things, I and mean, right now he's their, what, their fourth wide receiver, maybe even fifth wide receiver. Uh, you know, they might draft guys in the, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth round this year, then passing him by. So uh, the, the first round thing uh, whether it's with a GM and a head coach and, and an owner, that, that means something. Uh, you, you get a little more time uh, uh, to develop, but if you're just not seeing any improvement, at some point you got to cut bait and, and move on. And, and the messaging from Zimmer you know, is probably one of two things. It's either to send a message to Laquan to, to get him fired up, or it might be planting the seed to prepare the fans for maybe a letdown, like, like this guy hasn't carried his weight for two years. And we're going to part ways. And I've been looking at this wide receiver free agency class. It's not a very high profile class, but the Vikings don't need high profile. They just need like a wide receiver three. Last week, I tossed out a couple names here. Eric Decker, you know, he's 30 years old, had a pretty good year with Tennessee. He'd be affordable. I don't think you're going to do a, re- a reunion with Mike Wallace, but you know, there's some other like Kendall Wright, Jerron Brown from Arizona, Danny Amendola from New England as a free agent. I think there's some guys that you can get maybe on a one-year deal, two-year deal, not too expensive, who can serve that wide receiver three role. Uh, what do you think about some of those names? Well, I'd be interested in Amendola. I mean, uh, just, I mean, obviously Tom Brady always seems to make everybody better, but, you know, the Vikings could really use that third guy in the slot for third down. Somebody can really win those one-on-one matchups with that with that third cornerback. Uh, and, you know, we got Stefan on one side and Thielen on the other side, you got to have that third guy in the middle. And uh, and, I, and I've always liked Jarius Wright, but I think Amendola is, is a step up from him, a guy that can get separation, get open, and, and probably understands uh, the game just a little bit at a higher level than Jarius. And, and the, you know, the other thing is, as we're talking about, you know, with a guy like Eric Decker, uh, you know, He's not. He isn't where he plays special teams. Eric's always been sort of a you know a, a really a two for the most part in his career. Always had good numbers, but when you start talking about you know being maybe the fourth guy to come in, those guys are usually you know on kickoff team, on on the punt team, punt return team. They're out there out there doing other things because they're only getting you know maybe ten reps a game at wide receiver. And you know Decker really hasn't, as far as I know, done that type of stuff in his career. But man, it, it, I think he'd be a nice signing actually with the Vikings. Uh, you know, they, could, they could use a veteran, a guy, another good guy in the red zone, uh, another good guy that's just a, a, a high quality, you know, high um, uh, you know, uh, player on, on, the, on the team to you know build that you know that build that roster as far as a wide receiver position. So plus he's a hometown kid, and yeah. we need to sort of see him in, the, in a Vikings uniform. Hometown kid, uh, didn't he marry a pop star of some kind, somebody famous? Yes, her name is Jessie James. She was like a country music uh, ah. star. Now she does uh, so she does some sort of commer- like like uh, slim fast commercials or one of those uh, weight loss meal plan commercials or something like that. I see occasionally on, but yeah, they they they've got at least one kid, uh, if not two. Occasionally, I, I think I follow him on like Instagram or something. And occasionally get a little spotlight into their life. But uh, I, I remember when Eric Decker was at University of Minnesota. Uh, he was a baseball player, uh, and uh, he was a good wide receiver. I went over and threw one day with Larry Fitzgerald and this, these guys, and, and he was over there. And the first time I got to meet him, I was like, man, that's a good-looking athlete. I uh, didn't didn't expect him to be a second-round draft pick. 
uh, you know, about a year later, and uh, he's had a really, really nice career uh, for a kid coming from a small town. Yeah, he was a beast at Minnesota for sure. Last one. So yesterday at the Combine, you know, Billy Price, he is a, a first-round offensive line prospect. He a former teammate with Pat Elfline, uh, might have been a Vikings target, doing his bench press, partially tears his pec. Could be a long recovery, might need surgery. I mean, how much money do you think he just lost by doing that drill, experiencing that injury, which might have probably never happened to him in his life until yesterday? What do you think that cost him? Possibly a lot. Uh, I, I saw that uh, the Bleach Report draft scout, Matt Miller, who, who I, he's a great follow on, uh, on Twitter for those who like following this draft type stuff. He's great all year long. And uh, he had him as a late first-round draft pick. He really liked him at one of the best centers in the draft this year. And, uh, but he said that, you know, that if he feels like, uh, if teams think that he can be healthy by training camp, uh, and be sort of ready to go by training camp. It won't hurt his stock nearly as much, but you know those pec injuries can be tough, and uh, they can be you know they, they can really affect you you know strength wise. He won't be able to do all that bench press stuff uh, and all the upper body workouts. If he has surgery probably this week, uh, he won't be able to do all that stuff you know all spring and all summer. So you know how strong is he going to be? You know, once uh, you know, late July, early August comes around, and once the season comes around, so I, I believe it will hurt his draft stock some. Uh, but if you're looking, you know, long term, uh, you know, four years down the line, you know, maybe maybe he doesn't play a ton as a rookie, but uh, maybe halfway through his rookie year when he gets his strength back, and over the next three years after that, you know, if, if he falls to say the second or third round, that could be a, a huge steal for for a lot of football teams. I believe most players come back from pec injuries, but uh, I, I feel like they usually do take, uh, you know, four to five months. Yeah, that's a tough one for offensive linemen too, because you know you're you're jamming, you're punching, you're you're yanking, and and you're you're using that muscle a lot. And I know uh, Brandon Fusco for the Vikings had that, I think three or maybe four years ago, and it cost him most of his season. So that's a tough one. I think Phil Lodeholt also had that injury. Uh, maybe that was Achilles. I can't remember, but the Vikings had pec issues. A while back, early on with Mike Zimmer, um, it happens a lot with those those linemen. And I've actually seen a, a I actually saw a, a, a torn pec when I was with the Houston Texans uh, with an offensive lineman, and uh, and it was during the bench press. And you know this this does happen in the bench press. And I remember at the time our strength coach Dean Rally, who one of my all time NFL strength coaches, says you know the number one goal of the off season is to not get injured. Uh, and he sort of had thrown out that question to him, what's the number one goal of the offseason? Of course, guys are like, you know, get better, improve, get in great shape, build, you know, team camaraderie, learn the offense, all these things. He goes, no, the number one rule is to not get injured in the offseason. Because if you get injured in the offseason, you know, they're not, you're not doing any good with, the, with, with OTAs and trying to make the team, you know, the following year. So uh, that, that's, uh, you know, I saw it before when I was a player, and you see it again with the bench press with that, with that pec tear. And I believe John Sullivan, before he came out, he had a pec tear going into the, uh, going into the combine, still decided to bench press and did not do very well, which was maybe one of the reasons he slipped uh, to the, uh, I believe, the sixth round yeah. of the draft. I think Sullivan made made that money back for sure in his career. Still having a really nice career. He's not done yet. Good show, Sage. Thanks for your insights. Uh, a lot of good stuff coming out of the Combine. Talk to you again next week and hopefully have some more info and some more steam to go off of. Have a good weekend. Yep. By the way, when everyone's watching the Combine, just remember, and we're talking today, Kirk Cousins, fourth-round draft pick. Case Keenum, undrafted. It's amazing. 
you know, that some of the top quarterbacks the Vikings might have on the roster next year, and they weren't first or second round guys. So uh, I always take the combine with a grain of salt. Great point. I, I wonder if Sam Bradford had a good combine. Both. I'm sure he had a great combine. He was yeah. he's like made for the combine. He probably didn't run. A lot of times quarterbacks just don't down by they're not going to run their forty. Uh, and he's a guy that in shorts and t-shirts probably as good as anybody in the NFL. I mean, he's so accurate, and the ball comes out nice, and he's a big, tall kid, and whatever. But, uh, you know, all those drills are sort of pre-planned and pre-practiced, and they're not really real life. So uh, it's, it's the shorts and T-shirts Olympics, basically. Yeah, I'm sure if you go back and look at younger Sam Bradford before the three knee injuries, he was probably a lot more athletic. Like, he was a, a big-time athlete in high school. I think he played oh, big-time basketball. basketball player, Yeah, too. yeah. So I bet he would. it would be a stark contrast a decade ago to watch Sam Bradford do this stuff than it would be today. Sage Rosenfels on Twitter, at Sage Rosenfels 18. I'm Sam Ekstrom, at Sam Ekstrom on Twitter, LockdownVikings.com to listen to the show. Thanks so much for listening, everybody, and we will talk to you next week. Hey, sports fans. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves, the Minnesota Timberwolves podcast on the Locked On NBA Network. The Wolves might be in the middle of what's turned out to be a pretty miserable season, but there's still plenty to talk about. From the aftermath of the trade deadline to looking ahead at what moves Gerson Rosas and the front office might be planning for the summer to the possibility that all-star snub Carl Anthony Towns could go off on any given night, it's still going to be a fun spring. Tune into Locked on Wolves daily, Monday through Friday. I'm Ben Beacon with Locked on Wolves, and we'll catch you next time.